The Berkshire Football Stories podcast has got a new sponsor. Exciting, huh? That doesn't mean that we've got new kit, though. The club secretary has made us print it over the top of last season's shirt sponsor. He reckons it'll stretch to at least another year. He mumbled something about those footballs we keep kicking over the fence, not paying for themselves. Our new sponsor? Oh, that would be MRS Digital, an award-winning digital marketing agency offering affordable social media, pay-per-click and search engine optimization to help local businesses thrive since 1999. To find out more, visit mrs.digital and tell them we sent you. Hello, Tom here. Something a little bit different from the Football in Berkshire team today on our podcast. Uh, This is still the Berkshire Football Stories podcast, but we will drop in uh, probably every week or whenever we record them uh, the audio of our Hellenic League football show with the guys at Seven Sport. It's called East Meets West. Um, and it'll be along in just a few minutes. The regular Berkshire Football Stories podcast will be back with some big names uh, just as soon as Rob and I can get our act together. So we look forward to speaking, listening, and everything else aside with you all soon. Stay safe, everyone. Hello, and welcome to East Meets West, a show about all things Hellenic League. I'm your host, Rob Davis, and I'm joined by Football in Berkshire's Tom Canning and Seven Sports' Ryan Butler. We are broadcasting live on Seven Sports and Football in Berkshire's Facebook pages. If you want to listen back to our ramblings at any time, you can download our podcast. Just search East Meets West on all good podcast apps. Coming up, we look over some of the week's uh, pre-season games, cast our eye over the FA Cup and FA Vars fixtures, and we will add two more players to our 2019-20 Hellenic Team of the Season. That's to begin with, gents, how are we doing? How have your weeks been? Mine's been very good. Did you very fall good. over? You haven't fallen over this week. No, I haven't. I've stayed on my feet this week. Good lad. Got a few games, got a few games under the belt now, and yeah, we're we're ready, mate. We're cooking on gas now. We're ready to fly on and uh, get on with the season when it starts in a couple of weeks. Very good. Good man, Tom. Um, yeah, not not so bad, not so bad. Um, it was a weekend. This is tragic. It was a weekend of housework and painting and preparing for a small child to enter my world and ruin my life. Um, <laughs> I mean, ev- eventually, uh, I suspect it will take a a little while to sink in. But yeah, um, it's been good. I did catch a bit of Reading City v Leatherhead on Thursday night. Finished two one Reading City. So. Uh, they were very happy about that. But yeah, I caught a little bit of that. But yeah, other than that, you know, all good. Yeah. I didn't get any football this weekend. I was uh, away in Rye, which was very nice. But um, yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't allowed to. Well, no, I just wasn't allowed to uh, go and see any local football. Oh. It was a very nice weekend, but would have been improved by 90 minutes of, uh, you know, some Kent yeah. uh, uh, football action. See, I, I would, I would sit here and and sort of say, your wife, that's outrageous. Your wife won't let you go, but she does let you go to the pub with me at the last minute. So yeah. I really haven't got a leg to stand on with this. So hi, cat. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> she ain't in. So oh, well, she's probably watching. She's probably one of the eight people watching at the moment. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. So as we mentioned there, there are some pre-season games that um, taken place. Reading against Leatherhead. Um, Ryan, which games were you at this week? Uh, so this week we did Long Levens versus Slimbridge on Tuesday. Um, Long Levens won that three goals to nil. Brad Martin is, is back in amongst the goals, which can only be a frightening sign for Hellenic Premier defences up and down the, the, the country. Um, we then, well, we didn't have any other games in the midweek, which was a shock really for us. But, um, on Saturday we went to Brimscombe Frep, first time seeing them play at home um, in this pre-season. They played Sirens versus the Town from the league above. Um, yeah, it's part of the sort of the news that I was going to say earlier on, but you might as well say it now. Brimscombe, um, you know, missing a few players, injured. Um, squad was a little bit thin. Only had three subs on the day and had to make two in the first 45 minutes through injury. So it wasn't ideal. Went one nil up and, and ended up losing the game four one just simply because Siren Sester were able to make four or five decent changes at half time and onwards, whereas Brimscombe couldn't have that luxury. And um, on the back of that with the FA Cup games coming up um, on the 1st, uh, Brimscombe have actually cancelled their next two friendlies. Oh. So their, pre- their pre-season's done. But just because 
they got so many walking wounded, they would rather get them ready for that FA Cup game. So they've got a long trip to, to North Greenford United on the on a Tuesday night. Yeah, we'll come on to the uh, um, the fixtures in the FA Cup in FA Vars uh, momentarily. But uh, yeah, so any um, standout performances for you, Ryan, in your uh, the games that you saw? Yeah, Brad Martin and Kane Winman and Ollie Long for Long Levens in particular were um, three that stood out. You know, mm-hmm. Brad Martin scored the perfect hat trick, and it was the first ever perfect hat trick <laughs> I commented on. And really? I was absolutely delighted. It was a header to start with, uh, then a drilled right for effort just before the break, and then um, there about I think it's five six minutes left, potentially just a little bit more. Um, left footed finish past the keeper and. Yeah, buzzing with that, absolutely buzzing. Um, and, and before the second goal, in fact, uh, there was a moment where Kane Winman made two absolute blind and saves from a corner. 30 seconds later, Long Levens make it 2-0. And you think, you know, if that's happening in a league game or a competitive fixture, that 30 seconds is the difference between, you know, win, uh, winning and not winning a game. Absolutely, yeah. What about yourself? Um, well, I didn't get to see any football since we spoke last, but you did mention there about perfect hat trick. I once saw James England cricketer James Vince score a perfect hat trick for <laughs> Blackburn and Langley. Yeah, um, he, he's playing. He was playing step five football, I think it was, um, uh, during the winter. So it must have been. I don't know if the England coaches let him uh, get out, but he scored a perfect hat trick. Um, left foot, right foot, and uh, header. Uh, Blackfield and Langley, or something oh, yes. like that. down in the West Yeah, he's playing for them against against Whitchurch, where I saw him. So yeah, there you go. There's my uh, little bit of trivia for you. Well, I, <laughs> anything? Oh, I didn't. I didn't see it, but I think Binfield beating Hartley Whitney six one on uh, Saturday with even Jamie McClure getting on the score sheet. Um, is, is yeah, I think the only caveat to this is that Hartley Whitney did play on Friday night as well against Wokingham and Embrook. They beat them two nil. Um, but so I don't know the strength of the team on the on the Saturday, but um, it certainly that certainly is a good win. I think I I did once see Jamie score for Bracknell Town. Uh, this was back in the noughties. Um, it was a rubbish season as they tended to be but we were playing absolutely brilliant flowing football it was superb he scored uh, against Uxbridge and it was it was 2-0 uh, and it, it was brilliant and then uh, the ref called it off for Waterlog pitch which oh, was uh, you know I mean technically that goal doesn't exist well I mean to Jamie I'm sure it exists to me it still exists it was it was one of the better <laughs> goals of the season so um, I think you know I, I think the fact that I can't remember the season uh <laughs> what else was going on or anything like that but I do remember the goal and who they were playing I think I think that counts you remember um, the important thing yeah that's, that's literally what you just yes there. yes indeed exactly and we also had our first uh, uh abandonment of uh pre-season as far as I can make out yeah <laughs> I, I don't know much Richards. about this but it was it was Cheltenham Saracens versus Abingdon, Abingdon Town or United Mm-hmm. Uh, Abingdon Town, I think right. it was. I think we had, yeah, that wasn't the one I was referring to, but still, go oh. ahead. Oh, okay. Was there another one? We also had yeah, one at Windsor, didn't we? No, oh, sorry. No, the Windsor one was not for Fracars, though. The Windsor one, no, I think, no. was... Um... The Windsor one's far less interesting. Yeah. That was just a floodlight failure, as far as I can work out. But well, carry no, on. They, 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 wait, so they abandoned a game in August for floodlight failure? Yeah, yeah but, 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 was it a midweek or was it a uh, midweek? Yes, yeah. it was. Half-time. It was against the uh, lights went off. It was against apparently. Bracknell on the Tuesday night at Windsor. I think um, I don't know what the situation with the Windsor floodlights are, but it happened. At least, well, it happened once when I was there last season, and I think it had happened a couple of times. So I'm not quite sure what the floodlight situation is there, but it's it's not it's not ideal. Um, but yeah, far far less interesting than a than a fracas in a pre-season game. You do wonder what goes through people's minds at times. So yeah, yeah. give us the uh, uh, overview, Ryan. What happened? Well, uh, well, obviously, as I said, we were commentating at uh, Brimscombe Cup at the time. Kelsey turns to me um, and says, "With 15 minutes to go at, at Cheltenham Saracens, they've called the game off." And it didn't really quite register with me until after the game. And I'm looking on Twitter. We had a couple of tweets from people who were there. Um, just saying, you know, the, the game was brought to a halt because of a, a late tackle, just caused a, a mass brawl. Um, from what I've heard, obviously not being there, I've heard a couple of punch, punches were thrown, and in the end, the referee called the game off with about 14 minutes left. I think it's 76 right. minutes. 
Um, but yeah, wild. Wild thing that's going on in a pre-season game. Yeah. <laughs> God, Christ. What are we doing? Yeah. That's the cabin fever of lockdown getting to people. Um, being out yeah. for... people, people are now suddenly too eager. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you think people are worried about what, it's gonna, what, what the fans are going to do. <laughs> yeah. How the fans are going to behave. And then it's the players that, that let themselves down, unfortunately. But, you know, both clubs will probably be a bit embarrassed by it. Um and we'll, you know, we'll look to, to obviously put it behind them as soon as possible and and, and continue along their pre-season and stuff. You mentioned fans there, and fans are now allowed into football stadiums. Well, with a few caveats. So, uh, yeah, we are now allowed to go to football games from step three and below. Uh, so National League South is the lowest level that you still are not allowed into football games. Um the for pre-season or until the uh, FA Cup starts, you are allowed 15% of the uh, league regulation capacity, which for step three and sorry step five and step six is um, 150 people, and you are still allowed in games if the uh, pre-season friendly that's being played is against a team from higher up the leagues. So games against, for example, National League sides or National League South sides you can still go and see as long as they're being hosted by uh, the team from step three or below. Yeah, sat- um, Saturday we've, we've got um, Slimbridge versus Gloucester City. Um, oh. Obviously I said, you know, on the night when uh, we were at Long Leven Slimbridge, it was the night when it was announced that um, the government had said, oh, we didn't actually mean only football when it came under the, the you know, um, no fans and behind closed doors um, blanket. And, you know, the chairman of Slimbridge and the secretary of Slimbridge straight away everyone's asking them oh does that mean we're gonna have fans and stuff like that and the, and the one thing I said to them is like you know reading the, the statement you want to worry about your big game against Gloucester City next Saturday because mm. that's the big big money maker really yeah. for, for Slimbridge you know Gloucester will naturally want to bring a lot of fans um, so they were quite eager to make sure that that game could have fans there I think the limit is 200 people which is a yeah, shame. They, it's a they shame, step really. four, are they? Uh, no, Slimbridge are... Uh, yeah, Slimbridge are in the Southern League Division 1. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's disappointing, really, because Gloucester City is their first pre-season game uh, of the season. You know, they've got this brand-new stadium that's being built mm. and, and due to be open in the next couple of weeks. The Gloucester City fans are itching to get back and watch their club play football. But all these new signings that, you know, in, in a lot of people's minds, they chuck money at. Um, you know, not against the law or anything to have a budget. Um, so there's excitement around Gloucester City at the moment within our local area. So to know that, you know, realistically, if you take out the Slimbridge uh, faithful, you're probably looking at, you know, 150, 150 Gloucester City fans maybe um, will we'll only be permitted when easily they could probably take 400, really, in, on a Saturday as well, an earlier kickoff. On a bank holiday weekend, if the weather's a bit nice, you know, it, it's a disappointment for Simbridge, but I think the fact that they can get at least 200 people through that door, yeah. and that's money then behind the bar. They've got, you know, card machine in place tonight at their game against Western Super Mare on the gate. So they've made, obviously, the enhancements to be able to host games. So the fact that they can at least get money through the gate and behind the bar is the most important thing. Absolutely. You've been tempted to... Uh, um... Now that we're allowed to go to see games, is there any coming up that you have uh, your eye on? And are there any specific regulations in, pra- in place that you're aware of or any of the teams um, that m- might be letting fans in? Um, well, I know, um, as I said, the, the Cambridge have, have confirmed it's you know maximum of 200 and then the turnstiles will be shut. Um, tonight, they've got similar against Western. Um, and I believe the attendance point to Twitter was 126 tonight. Right. Um, so, you know, people have been quite wary of it. You know, I imagine that's a lot of Western fans not coming up because they don't want to come up yeah. from Western to be turned away. Um, so for, for us this week, you know, we've got Tuffley Rovers Esham uh, tomorrow night, which should be a good game, two good local sides. There'll be a few there. And, you know, Tuffley have done a good job with what they are looking to do. Um, you know, they have the temperature checks, they have everything in place, they have... Um, the regulations that they're following. 
I don't know what their limit's going to be. They haven't confirmed the exact limit. Toughly it'd be 125, I think. Is this their first one? Uh, First one since fans come back in. Right, so there'll be 125, and then the following game, it goes up to 200, either 150 or 200, I can't remember. So, you know, realistically, toughly, out of the the, the games we're going to see this week, it's probably going to be the one that will be nearest to that limit. On Thursday, we'll be seeing Long Levens versus Formbury Town. Um, I don't anticipate too many Formbury fans coming up. Um, there'll be a few local and, and ground hoppers around at Long Levens. There always is, but you know, Long Levens are a side don't tend to get the hundreds and the thousands mm. through the gate anyway. So mm. they'll, 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 they'll be up to about 100 people there anyway, um, and that would be you know a good night at, at Long Levens attendance-wise. But um, mm. you know, two very good. Um, games in midweek for our Hellenic sides to look at and then obviously a big one on, on Saturday where, where the National League side um, get their pre-season underway. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed any uh, um, specific uh, or regulations that clubs are putting in place or well, specific requirements for fans, Tom? I've been pretty impressed with what teams have been doing up here. They've um, So I think uh, I think it's probably Ascot that started doing it, but they, they had Aldershot Town of the National League on Saturday and they um, did all of their tickets. They did free tickets, but they did it over Eventbrite. Uh, so you had to have a ticket to be able to go because, you know, it's fair to say I looked, I think I looked up the uh, attendance for Aldershot and it was, you know, in the four figures on a regular basis in the National League, yeah. as you'd, as you'd expect. Um, obviously, Ascot would be nearer the sort of the lower hundreds, but you know you'd expect first game back, first time Aldershot fans have had a chance to watch their team in any sort of football in a long time. Um, you'd expect it to be quite a busy crowd. So, so they did um, they they did Eventbrite tickets, and I think they were all gone within about <laughs> they were definitely gone within the hour. Um, I think oh, Windsor have followed up doing a similar thing. Um, well, they, they've got Slough, they've got their local rivals, Slough. Um, that might be tomorrow night. Um, I yeah. can't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. So, so teams would do it using Eventbrite, which I'm, you know, I'm quite keen to see this sort of continue because I think being able to buy tickets for a game ahead of time, um, whilst you know games aren't going to be sellouts when you're getting average crowds of between 100 and 200 in the Hellenic League, we're not going to sell out, but. Just fans wanting to support their club and being able to buy a ticket, even though maybe they couldn't go. I don't know. Mm. You know, being able to do that in advance um, is, is. I think it's a. It's a bit of a. There's a little revenue stream there that I think clubs haven't sort of caught on to yet, and and hopefully there will be ways of of making a little bit more cash for for clubs because obviously Eventbrite takes off a little bit of cash uh, if you're doing paid for tickets but if it's if it's free there's no they're not paying for anything but um yeah so I've I've quite liked that little initiative and I'm hoping that's something that might sort of continue um and and just become become the norm really being able to buy tickets online that would be that would be great yeah sounds good well um yeah I'm uh, looking to go to because uh, Binfield were in such good form at the weekend. I'm looking to go and see them tomorrow night. I think uh, they're playing at Wokingham and Embrook, uh, who are step six uh, Hellenic League uh, Division One East. So there doesn't seem to be any. Uh, um, Wokingham have put uh, various guidelines that fans have to follow on their Twitter page, uh, but there doesn't seem to be any any specific buying tickets ahead of time or anything like that. So. Yeah, I guess if you're planning to go there, get there nice and early. Just make sure that you're one of the first 150 through the door. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you are planning to go to games, it's always best to check with the clubs to make sure uh, you know what their individual regulations are. But when fixtures go become uh, competitive, we're allowed that we go up from 15% um, capacity to 30% capacity. So that would be 300 uh, people through the door for step five and six level fixtures. And we do have some competitive games to look forward to. We've had the draw for the extra preliminary round and preliminary round in the FA Cup. And we've also had the draw for the first qualifying round in the FA Vars. Any fixtures? um, Well, before we start this, I always feel like when we're uh, talking at certain topics, we can uh, perhaps, like last few weeks, we've been talking about let fans in and we've been quite negative. So maybe there is a negative side to these uh, at this draw, but let's start with the positive. Is there any 
any fixtures here that you uh, 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 like the look of? Any games that you've got your eye on, having seen that? Well, our, our way, we've got uh, the delightful uh, double header uh, in the FA Cup. We've got Lydney versus Fairford, and in the Vars, we've got Fairford versus Lydney. So, nice with the original winning draws. And, you know, fresh new matches we're not pretending to see, even though we'll probably end up going to see it um, at least four times now. And mm-hmm. likelihood is the way it goes. One of the Hellenic Cups will see Lydney versus Fairford again. So, <laughs> that'll be the, the, the battle of the, the next couple of months. There. You'd imagine as well that. Uh, <laughs> When the fixtures are released, Fairford versus Lydney on a Tuesday night is bound to happen in the first month or so of the season as well. So, uh, two teams will see a lot of each other. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone that took your fancy there, Tom, at the fixtures that are we, we had? Are we chatting Vars or FA Cup? Oh, uh, let's start with FA Cup. Well, the games fine, good. I've got, got... I've got a negative. None of them. Oh, absolutely yeah. <laughs> none of them. They're all oh, okay. away. FA Cup extra preliminary round next Tuesday night. They're You're all no away. Home no, no one's at home. None. None no Berkshire home teams no, in the no. FA. Even, How has that happened? Even if yeah. you include Virginia Water, which is in Surrey, not Berkshire, they're all away. Yeah. Uh, you've got AFC yeah. Porchester v Sandhurst, Aylesbury Vale Dynamos v Windsor, Christchurch v Ascot. Christchurch on a Tuesday night. Uh, Hamble yeah. Club v Reading City, Spelthorne Sports, Virginia Water, and Westbury United v Binfield. I mean, Westbury is Wiltshire. It's it's you know it's where they yeah. make butter. It's ridiculous. That's a, um, okay. This was the negative yeah. I was alluding. To. <laughs> uh, there, there, there have been quite a few people complaining about uh, the distance of journey. So to set the context, we've got um, uh, we've got worldwide pandemic played on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, on uh, Monday the thirty, August the thirty first. Uh, to Thursday, the uh, September the third, um, midweek fixtures for the first, um, or for the sorry, for the extra preliminary round of the FA Cup, and there are some very long trips to uh, uh, take care of. And in the current climate, where clubs haven't been seen anyone through the door for the last four months, it did seem like maybe an opportunity where you could just perhaps make the regionalisation of this round even more yeah. specific. I mean. So, to say it's, it's re- a horizontal region. Yeah. To say it's regionalized yeah. is um is a jo- is is a joke. Um yeah. and I I don't know. I mean I spoke to I spoke to one some one person, one uh, club secretary, uh asking about um how much it'd cost to go to a particular trip. And if they lose that game, they will lose money. It's they, yeah, travelling away. They're tra- well, so, they're all travelling away, Rob. <laughs> yeah, of course, so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, which uh, the, the 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 guy at the the club in question that I spoke to, I was just asking about. Um, uh, if they lose, then with a three hundred odd quid, won't cover because I mean, there'll be there'll be a limited number of fans. I'm not saying that the fan the fans wouldn't have made. I don't think that much of a difference, but certainly if the if the prize money was what it was last season, then then we'd be talking a little bit different. But it just seems a bit nuts. Like, for this season only, could they not have just gone, well, let's just get all the clubs that are closest to each other and just get them to play each other. It'll be good because it'll probably be good for the attendance and and just... Yeah. Oh, just it's Yeah, anyway, so it's, it's exacerbated by the fact that all of our Berkshire clubs are away. Well, I was uh, on Saturday at Brimscombe. I was sworn at by the uh, assistant manager for Brimscombe, Tim Wilkins. He... Uh, he uh, dropped a rude word on me because I pointed out to him the fact that this season, they've also confirmed that in the FA Cup, there are no replays at any round. So, therefore, when Brimscombe and Frupp go away to North Greenfield on Tuesday night, <laughs> if it goes to extra time of penalty, you're probably not looking at leaving there until about midnight. Um, you know, he's supposed to get up at five o'clock the next morning for work. So, he might as well stay awake I've... because he won't get home till about two, half two at the earliest. Um, and then, you know, Shall we have a five? I know. Um, there, there are two yeah. things I've heard people say. In that, one is, well, can't we just be happy there's football on again? And the other being, well, that's what you get into this level of football for. But it's not. It's not at all. You don't get. You're not playing this level of football so that you can travel halfway across the south of England to play a mm. to play a football match on a Tuesday night. Evan, is it Long Levens who've got a horrible trip yeah. as well? Risborough Rangers. Oh, Rangers. So Risborough's nice, but. Uh, yeah. You know, that's a long well, way. You're not going to uh, see it. Bishop's Feed have Oxy Jet, which is Watford. Oh, yes. God. So, from uh, top of Cheltenham to, to Watford, I believe they're going to have to touch the M25. <sighs> so, 
the question I always had sort of labelled on me is, you know, with the the fact that Hellenic League haven't released fixtures yet, why yeah. it's just not played on a Saturday? Well, and just play a, a you know the amount of times that you've seen the Hellenic League bring fixtures forward. Why don't they just play a local team in that first midweek to get the season underway? FA Cup on a Saturday because that's what happened. Yeah. First year we covered the Hellenic League and the Southern League and branched out a little bit. I remember on the Tuesday night we watched Tuffley Fairford, on the Wednesday night we watched Long Levens Brimscombe, and then on Saturday we watched Fairford Long Levens in the FA Cup. So they they had a league game in that first midweek before the FA Cup fixture. I don't know why they're not doing that again. Mm. Really, it, especially when it's not like the fixtures have been signed, sealed, delivered, and released. No, I mean the, these are this is and this. A replay to worry about. No. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah. this is just quite literally a someone does a draw, writes it down on a PDF, and puts it out. There's no fanfare or anything. Mm. Why does it? Why? It's it's just nuts. I I don't like. Okay, in a league season, you do in Hellenic especially. You have to go from Berkshire. You have to go from East Berks to to Gloucestershire. You know, fine. Why make it worse by sending the FA Cup? Like it, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Furious. What grinds Tom's Furious. gears. Yeah. Uh, before we go off the FA Cup, one uh, positive, or I guess two positives, is that we have uh, two clubs in the Hellenic League, neither of them specifically in either of our regions, uh, but two clubs making their FA Cup debuts uh, this season. We've got Long Crendon, who, um, well, they play, the club is based in Buckinghamshire, but they're actually playing out of Oxford City's ground to uh, um, meet the ground grading, and they play there for the Hellenic League football and one you might know a little bit more about um, Ryan is uh, Newtown yeah. uh, Gloucestershire so they're making their um, FA Cup debut um, anything to say on them before I yeah Newton uh, um, aside who divide opinion <laughs> is the best way to say it uh, in Gloucestershire you know there's a bit of controversy uh, a few years ago um, with Newton they basically played in the Gloucester Northern Senior League. So that's, what, three tiers below uh, Hellenic Prem. And basically what they did is they registered their reserve sides in that reserve league. And, you know, what happened happened in, in terms of the politics of it. And effectively the first team played in the reserve league and the reserves played in the Northern Senior League. What happened was the Northern Senior League clubs voted them out, kicked them out, and they sort of seeked refuge with the Hellenic League and ended up being better for it by being promoted to the Div 1 West and you know some clubs in, in those lower leagues resent that and, and feel that they didn't you know pay their dues and, and earn it naturally um, you know me I, I've always kept an open mind with Newent I, I like you know the club and the, the the way they've built themselves off the pitch um, as well as on it as well you know they've done a lot of work to that ground new stand in They've just done the new bar. Um, they are a club that are looking to build a, a decent Hellenic Premier League um, ground there. So, you know, they're in Div 1 West. They haven't really done too well in the last two years, but maybe it was a sense that they were punching above their weight slightly. But this year could be a good year for them. they got a couple of experienced players down there. Um, Tyler Weir's one that, that springs to mind, former Boston City and Worcester City man. Um, you know, he's been around... Um, a while now and he's a, an experienced man who can play a number of positions and, and they have a mixture of, of players like that and a lot of youngsters and they've registered an under 18 side for the first time this year so you know it's looking good for Newton and I'm delighted that they've got FA Cup football um, you know the, the big carrot they're being dangled in this extra preliminary round is if they win it their next FA Cup game's at home which you know the prospect of a decent first FA Cup game at home you know when fans are going to be allowed in, more fans as well by the time it does get underway that round. Um, you know, with a new bar, with a new stand, you know, if they win that extra preliminary round, that's, that'd be massive. Yeah. So, uh, uh, just to round that out, I guess we've got um, uh, the fact that, uh, where are they? New and Town are away at Crips, who are, Bristol. Uh, believe, based in Bath. Yeah, Western and, sorry. Yep. Yeah. And then um, we have Long Crendon away at Clanfield 85, uh, who are just the other side of Oxford from them. So not too big a journey from them, I think. Although they do have to get around the Oxford Ring Road, which can be a bit fun. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, anything to say on the FA Vars before we move on? Any fixtures? The date of the game is a bit further on, so uh, that we're not playing games there until the uh, weekend of Saturday the 19th. So any fixtures you're looking forward to? The Fairford lead me one. Um, is it going to be a, a good game? When they, when they play each other, they always do tend to have decent matches. Um, Long Levens have got Tiffington Rocks at home. Long Levens are a side who, in the last few years, have become a very good cup and, and VAR side. Um, got to the second round last year, and, and and you know we're making history in that. And to be honest, it's a, a favourable draw. Tiffington are a side who have suffered from their where they're playing, and, and considering where they're based, they ideally don't want to be in the Hellenic League. They'd rather be in um, either the Western League or, or the Somerset League, just for convenience and, and you know funding and everything like that but you know they'll be a good side they'll they'll, they'll test long levens but that is a, a fairly decent one locally for for us up here as well um yeah. i think looking at the looking at the fixtures just for me the the big one is um if reading city get past virginia water in the first first qualifying round they will play their tenants woodley united uh, they will be away to their tenants, Woodley United, <laughs> at the Rivermore. Uh, so that that's um, that's quite an exciting one. Uh, of course, Binfield don't come in until I think at least the second round uh, after last season. Um, As- oh, Ascot, well, Ascot aren't Hellenic anymore, but they're in the first round. Uh, I think the only other, it's a bit yeah, that's that's it really. Um, Windsor have got Long Buckby. I've no idea when Long Buckby is. Um, <laughs> They're at home, at least. Yes, they are. They are. And you've got Hollyport v FC Deportivo Galicia. Uh, just mm-hmm. going on league position last season, you've got to say Hollyport probably favourites for that. Um, and then they play either Rainers Lane or Hanworth Villa. And again, you know, you could see Hollyport perhaps doing all right in the, in the Vars this season. They, they, there's a couple of winnable games. Obviously, they've got a couple of players to replace, but we'll see. Yeah. And same as... Um... In the FA Cup, where there's one Hellenic side, uh, Penantala's Greek, who are making their FA Cup bow, uh, FA Vars bow. Um, I don't think I think that's basically because they haven't had their grounds grading until this season, and they've been drawn at home to Burnham for their first ever game in the competition. So we we have a, a side in Stonehouse Town, uh, Div One West, up this way. They're making their first appearance in the FA Vars for over 40 years. Nice. Wow. So they've been accepted into the competition, and I think they've got a home draw in their first game. Stonehouse? Yep. Uh, I can't see them on my list here, so they've maybe I haven't a them. They've been given a bye, so they come in the second. Oh, okay. There you go. That's what you want. Uh, that's why I can't see it. Yeah. Is that for the, that performance 40 years ago? No idea, but um, it was uh, Stonehouse and Brimscombe are the two yep. guys out of this way that have been given a, a bye oh, okay. into the second round. Lovely stuff. All right, gents, um, move on to any news. Uh, Ryan, you've already shared a little bit with us. Have you got anything else uh, on yes. your list you want to talk about? Uh, last night, Tuffy Ray was confirmed the manager, Mark Pritchett, would be stepping down from his role. Um, based on what I can see in the statement and the comments from, from Pritchett and, and knowing him as a, a bloke, you know, he is going to want to keep playing. Um, he always He's always come across as a guy who didn't really feel like a natural manager but he's so experienced and, and quite a scary character on the field but lovely off it that you know he had the respect of everybody and, and you know players did, did listen to him and, and played for him so you know he will be sorely missed in the, the dugout you know the fear is there that potentially he may not um, play as much anymore but as he said due to work commitments he, he knows he's going to have to put a lot into work and it will take up a lot of his time, and, and you know it's not fair fair on the club for him to, to juggle that. So ideally, we still see him playing um, at Tuffy Rovers, and, and you know he's still got a lot to offer. So yeah, it's a bit of a sad moment, but um, as long as he's hanging around and, and still playing in local football, then you know he he won't be missed too much because he'll still be there. Um, you know, Rich Cox, the he was initially the assistant and, and sort of the head of the the coaching side of it. Um, he's been given a job on a temporary basis. I would, you know, it's probably me going out on a bit of a limb, but I would say he's probably going to get it. I think if he wants it, then he's the natural successor to the role. But then saying that, Tuffley have, have spent the last two years or so developing their development side. So development in the under-18s have become quite important to the club as an ethos. 
and overseeing that is Michael Palmer, um, former Cheltenham Academy manager. Um, you know, he is a young manager who's hungry and probably would be in the running as well for me to, to do it. Definitely have a couple of good managers at their disposal that they have the option for me to promote from within. You know, not a lot of clubs have that. So, you know, it's good news for them and, and, and it's exciting times to see how tough we uh, progress and, and go forward. But um, elsewhere up here, um, Bishop Cleaver signed on a few players. Um, Paul Collicott has a chance to get his teeth into his new side. Um, signed 13 players on in the last week or so with a couple potentially coming in uh, in the next few days. And also Ben Lodge has re-signed for Fairford Town. Ben Lodge, who I'll tell you now, gets a mention in my wingers for the 2020 <clears throat> season. He left halfway through the season to go play for Highworth. Um, it's not worked out for him as he, as he thought he would. Um, delighted to see he's back at Fairford. And, you know, it shows that Fairford Town listened to East Peak West and particularly what I say on East Peak West. <laughs> I, I sat here a week ago and I said that they either need to get a striker or a winger. Cody Bevan's going to go himself a decent winger there. So, there you go. Inside from Ryan there. Uh, all the managers have their ear to the ground, especially when it comes to East Meets West. <laughs> uh, anything else for Tom? Any uh, uh, news from the East? I think, um, I think probably the, the biggest thing I think I've seen, aside from our brand new website, uh, just squeeze that in, um, is <laughs> Slough striker Manny Williams has joined Burnham as co-manager. Um, 38, uh, 111 appearances for Slough, um, played all over the place. I think uh, I was going through his list of clubs, uh, like Notts County, uh, Millwall, um, Haven and Waterlooville, Basingstoke Town, Maidenhead United, Slough Town. Um, hugely experienced. I think he's still going to play. Well, I asked him, he said he's still going to play. Um, so that, I think him and Ashley James, the uh, ex-Thatcher midfielder, uh, are in charge at Burnham. And so I think I think Burnham could be one to watch. Whether they can um, disrupt anything at the top, I don't know. Um, mm. and They'll be competitive though, won't they? A lot yes. of experience on that coaching staff there. Yeah, you 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 wonder. Well, I mean, we don't know. We don't know who they've brought in player-wise yet. But um, yeah, it could be uh, it could be an interesting one. Um, obviously, Reading, Reading City continue to sign players. Windsor continue to sign players. Um, haven't yet seen anything from Bimfield, but I am due to chat with them this week. So we shall we shall find out. Um, I think yeah, I think that's about it from me. Well, if there's no more news, I guess we can move on to our team of the season. So we had a pretty exciting poll uh, this week. <laughs> um, so we uh, were deciding who was going to go into our um, team for the centre-back position. Uh, we had two uh, semi-finals, one for the East um, centre-backs and one for the West centre-backs. And the West centre-backs, uh, Macaulay Herbert of Tuffy Rovers got through and Ollie Long of uh, Longleavens. And then they were joined by the East by Josh Blackwood of Reading City and Luke Appleton of Windsor. And with three minutes to go, we had three players on 27% of the vote. So it was there was literally a, a, only a few votes in it. But the winner eventually was Luke Appleton of Windsor, who goes into our team. And he is joined by Macaulay Herbert of Duffley Rovers. And an ironic story. Um... For, for the voting, in fact, because I was so sure that McCauley was going to win the poll, not even finish second, just win the poll, <laughs> I just ignored it. And I've ended up having a look, and I was like, Christ, this is getting close to you. And it suddenly switched to 27, 27, 27, because uh, Josh Blackwood ended up getting loads of votes in like, the final yeah. 24 hours. Mm. So, ironically, what's beaten Josh Blackwood is the fact that I sent the poll to my brother and his <laughs> mate back home, who voted for McCauley Herbert to push him over the line. And the irony factor is they all went to the same school as Josh Blackwood. Oh, um, well, that doesn't... So I've done you. If Blackwood's watching, I've done you. <laughs> yeah, there you That's, go. Yeah, Red and T, I've done you there. And you're, right you're making this too political, Brian. I, I can't come home. I can't come no, home. No, <laughs> you won't get over the border. You'll, yeah. be, you'll be stuck there in Wiltshire forever now. You'll, you'll have a stadium man with yeah. Scars Lane. <laughs> I would never be able to walk on that freshly laid tarmac. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's not quite tarmac yet, but... Um... So, oh, uh, sorry, uh, there was a bit of news. I forgot. Reading City going to lay a 4G pitch. That was it. Carry on. Yeah, that's quite, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's happening at Reading. 
Uh, that pitch has historically had a few issues, but uh, yeah. So going back to our team of the year, have you noticed how um, we've had five players in so far and they've come from five different clubs? And oh, I they, uh, didn't think that at all. That's, yeah, and that's they have uh, neither of the top two clubs, the runaway leaders of the league, or the top, uh, yeah, top two clubs, have been represented yet. So uh, top three, Fairford haven't had one either. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. They didn't have a full back at the end, though. No. Very good. Oh yes, they did. They did. They did. Nor me. Yeah. I thought they did. Yeah. Anyway, so today we move on to our right and left midfielders. Uh, so. There's some ambiguity in my list, at least, between wingers and midfielders slash forwards and midfielders. So A lot of sides play three up front. Or they do. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Play them as wingers. So, you know, when we do our team in a month out this way, I find that forward players end up just making my right mid or left mid. Yeah. I'm saying, look, you play on the side. I'm putting you on the <laughs> exactly, side. Exactly, yeah. If you've got um, paint on your boots, then yeah. Yeah. you could You're a winger. be in the seat. Yeah. Fair okay. enough. Fair enough. So, who's going to kick us off with uh, a few left or right? Throw to Tom. Throw to Tom. Oh, God, you're going straight for me. Well, uh, okay, first one's easy. McCoy Palmer. Reading City, easy. Straight in. Um, Terrific player. Uh, Watched him a few times. I think he was at Reading a couple of seasons in a row. Um, And he's obviously moved on to Basingstoke Town this summer. So, he's moved up to the uh, Southern League. Um, but I just he's still, every... signed, he's still signed on with him. He is, yeah. He's, he's dual. So. He's dual registered, and um, but whether whether we will obviously it depends on how how he gets on at uh, gets on at Basingstoke. But he played played eighteen times, um, ten goals. Just uh, he just really really came into his own. I think he was injured a little bit as well last season, but he really came into his own um, last season. I've also got. I'm also going to. So this is this is striker coming out. I'm sticking Josh Elmore in there from Binfield because. Um, just, I think he's probably a centre forward, but he spent so much time on the left wing um, for Binfield last season. That's where I always saw him. He was popping up, he was moving, he was pulling out wide. Um, so he's he's going in for me as well. Um, what this whole situation and whole thing has shown me is that I must pay more attention at football <laughs> matches. Or, or I'm, a, I'm discerning, and I'm you know I've got a really high bar for. For the players that I'm, that I'm picking, that. I, I think, think it's, it's yeah, I think that. you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. probably that. Yeah. So uh, that's your left midfielders, um, or McCauley, uh, sorry, McCord Palmer and uh, Josh Helmore. Yeah, um, I haven't really got anyone on the right. You haven't got anyone on the right. Okay. No. So, uh, yeah, I, I was. I'm, I was. To- I think you'll probably. I think you've probably got him in your list. But um, I was toying with the idea of Josh Howell uh, at Binfield yeah, as well. But I and uh, he, I, I don't think he quite hit the heights in the second half of last season um, that I'm used to see. And he's one of those players who I've seen be absolutely brilliant. And I just, I don't, I don't know, I don't quite know, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs in it of any situation. But I, I just, he just didn't quite. I don't know whether he wasn't quite fit or or what, but he, he just, it, that sort of match winning performance that for so long he was putting on for Binfield just didn't feel like it was quite there but it's also perhaps a case that the rest of the Binfield team moved up towards his level and therefore it was harder for for that to, to be stand up I, d- I don't know but um, so I'm, I'm going to leave the right side and I'm going to pass that on to somebody else well, he's on my list anyway so he does get a mention <laughs> so uh, Ryan over to you uh, how many I've got got more on the right, which is, you know, it's an ideal balance there. You know, we haven't spoke about this before uh, the show, so it's funny how it works out. Yeah, natural Um, chemistry we've got, yeah. Yeah, I I could just tell. (laughs) Tom's obviously just leaning to the left. You know, we're talking about football, not politics here. Yeah, yeah, but that's probably true as well. (laughs) (laughs) So my list, you know, straight away, the one, well, the first name I've got on the list is not even from either of our areas. Um, it's Gio Verona of Wooten Bassett. Um, I've seen him play, must have been all all across the middle, uh, off the striker as well. And to be honest, the kid's class. The guy's absolute, he's probably for me the best player I've seen play for Bassett. Um, maybe other than TJ Bohane up front. but you know, The Hellenic hitman. Yeah, Gio Verona's just always been consistent, always been that quality player that seems to always turn up against our side. So 
had to put him on the list. Uh, ben Lodge is there merely as a, an honourable mention for me. You know, we, we've talked about in previous weeks players who potentially haven't played enough. I think it was about October, November. Yeah. Um, so he left to go to Highworth. So, you know, for that first half of the season, outstanding. But, you know, he missed the, a lot of the season because obviously he was at a different level. I remember just at the start of the season, I wrote uh, an absolutely glowing tribute to a lad uh, called Khalid Simo at Reading City. Um, it was one of those games where you're just, you could, when you're, if you're, if you're used to going away after a game and writing something about it, you just, you get in your head. Everything was, he was, he was zinging all over the place. He was everywhere. He was involved in everything, and um, and I thought, oh wow, they've got, they've got a player there. That, and then he went and moved on to. Flackwell Heath and I didn't see him again. I don't I don't even know how if he played for Flackwell Heath. I'm not sure how many games he played. But, you know, had he had he stayed and put that performance in week in, week out there, he would easily be on, on my list. And perhaps he should be. Flackwell Heath fans may well tell me that um he he thoroughly deserves to be on the list. But um I thought he in that one game I saw him at the start of the season, he was absolutely excellent and I thought they've got a player here. Also on my list, I've also got from from Fairford Town, Harvey Scholes, um, a player who, again, has played all the way across the middle. Um, and, and you know, when Ben Lodge did leave Fairford Town, he, he took on that right wing mantle, and, and you know, he ran with that. And, and he is a quality player as well, um, and, and will be known amongst the, the the league's teams as a decent, you know, ball playing midfielder, which is, you know, hard to come by. Um, Harrison Idles from. Bishop's Cleave, again, he can play either wing. He's one of the most hard-working and most fouled players I've ever seen. <laughs> um, another another winger in, in Gloucestershire who can play either side is Frankie Johnson. I remember watching him when he first came into that Lydney team and he, he looked younger than he actually was. I think he was 17, but he looked like he was 14. Um, and, and, you know, he is a player who has grown in stature over the years um, and he's becoming a very handy, handy player at Lydney, so... You know, it's always nice to, to throw uh, new sides out there, obviously, with a few new sides being named here. Ed Major from Brimscombe and Frupp makes my list. Um, you know, quality quality um, winger that's played fullback as well. And, you know, the difference for Brimscombe and Frupp, you know, when they had that bad start last year, the difference what they, they, they did and, and how they tried to play is they got players like Ed Major playing wider, playing more direct. And, you know, when he's on form on that right wing, he is more than a handful and, and, and a quality player. Um, Dan Stoneman from Westfields. Um, that twice is probably the the best right winger in the league. Um, I remember seeing him play against Bishop's Cleveland in, in one of the cups. Um, thought he was absolutely classed, even though Westfields got a beat. Um, and his stats do, do speak for him. Um, and then a player who, who joined toughly midway through a season, again, he's going to be an honourable mention for me, really, is Joe Shutt, um, Hartbury College um, student, and, you know, he does a lot at Hartbury, and to be honest, he has improved that toughly oversight. He's more direct than potentially some of the others that they've played in those wide positions. Um, you know, the, the pre-season friendly we saw at Tuffley the other week, and I imagine the pre-season friendly I'm going to see tomorrow night, I can already tell you, Joe Shutt's going to do something. Um, so, you know, when, when I tweet tomorrow night that Joe Shutt scored, remember you heard it here first on his <laughs> um, left, left wing, again, I've got McCoy Palmer. Um, he came to long, came up to Long Levens on the away game, scored, as he did the season before. Um, always a thorn in the side of our, t- our team, so you've got to honour that. Ollie Pitt from Brimscombe and Frapp a couple of years ago was one of the top goal scorers in the league. Last year, the whole team struggled, but he again was one of the more consistent performers. And in pre-season, he's already scored goals this year. So it shows that if when he's on form, uh, he does help Brimscombe tick a little bit. Um, Jack Watts, you know, I mentioned that sometimes you get forward players that I end up just sticking on the wing because they're more, you know, get suited to that wing. Jack Watts is a player who I always end up putting on the left wing just because he is very good at cutting in on that left-hand side on his right foot. And in particular, the last couple of seasons he's done that. Extremely well, one of the top goal scorers in the league last year. He's moved on to Stourport Swift. I think he's already scored 12 goals in pre-season or something stupid <laughs> like that. Um, Stourport scoring goals for fun. And, and honestly, he's scoring two a game in the moment. So it's just 
and also a player, my last winger, is a player I'm about 75% sure plays on the wing. <laughs> and it's Ryan Knight at Brackley Town Saints. Now, I may get corrected, but I'm definitely sure I've seen him play on the wing. So, therefore, he makes my, uh, my shortest on my left wing as well. But that's well, my shortest. I've been quite thorough, as always. Yes, as always. You have, indeed. Yeah. I've, um, well, I've got two Brackley... I've got two Brackley Town Saints players, so uh, neither of them is um, your oh, man. No. That means I could be wrong. <laughs> Get I called a Tom Cannon. I called a Tom Cannon. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't need that. Well, um, most of the, my East players have been mentioned. Well, in fact, all of my East players have been mentioned. We've got um, Josh Howell, as we said, um, for Binfield, 33 games and th- uh, 13 goals. Uh, and McCord Palmer was on my list as well, 18 games, 10 goals. Uh, but then... As we mentioned last week, we thought that maybe uh, some of the clubs that fall outside of our regions get maybe mentioned a little bit less. So I had a look through some of the other clubs to see if uh, any of the, the wide players on those teams had uh, particularly good game, uh, seasons. And uh, like I said, Brackley Town Saints. So on the right is Alex Scott, who had uh, played 19 games and got four goals. He was, uh, I think, their primary uh, right winger. And then on the other side, Charlie uh, Killy, who... Uh, played 27 games and got three goals. They both earned themselves uh, moved to Wantage uh, in the league above uh, this close season. So good seasons for both of them. And I think, you know, uh, step up proves that. Um, Sam Coles, um, I'm jumping between left and right here, but let's, let's just go with it for now. Uh, Sam Coles of Burnham, uh, 24 games, seven goals from the left. Again, I think he's um, uh, a player who's sort of more of a forward than a... Um, uh, right, uh, a left midfielder, but you know, 24 games to seven goals, and he's uh, playing a, as a wide forward, still pretty good uh, for Burnham. And then also a guy who I believe played predominantly on the right, although I think from the photos I've seen anyway, is left footed, is a guy called Luke Swan from Edington Sports. Um, he had his debut season with the club last year, and he produced uh, seven goals in 30 games. Wow. A pretty good return for a, a young lad like that. So, a few shout-outs there to some players who would normally fall outside of our areas. So, I thought I'd you know give them a give them a little uh, praise. So, um, how are we going to do this, gents? One poll for each uh, position. Um, I think well, I, don't, I don't mind doing the uh, the poll on seven sport for for right winger. Yeah, I think we'll, right do, we'll do left wingers. I think. Yeah. Okay. So we've definitely got uh, all three of us mentioned uh, McCoy, so he's going to be in, in the yeah. left wing position. Um, any others uh, we feel strongly about coming from I'd the... Throw, uh, I'd throw Jack Watson there for the simple fact he, he scored, I think, 34 goals, um, you know, from that sort of forward left position. Um, you know, he would be my, out of the four I've got for left wing, he would be the one I'd throw in there. I okay. think you've got to have Josh Helmore in there, without a yeah. doubt. Um and we need one more. I mean, yeah, he, he, he's fantastic scoring rate for yeah. uh, um, Binfield last year. I think he got something like 25 well, goals last year. I think we, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, that actually, you know, he probably is in that team. He's probably nominally a left winger. But the teams at the yeah. top, the teams in the top three or four, will be so attack-minded that yeah. I imagine there's not a great deal of wing work to be done. Yeah. We see, yeah, we've mentioned that Sean Moore's been playing, has played yeah, out wide yeah. well, at point field as well. well they, they, but, yeah. they sort of had a rotating uh, four or five up front. Asa Povey was just so fast. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you had Sean, you had Asa, uh, Lee, uh, Josh Howell. Uh, sorry, yeah, Josh Howell, Josh Helmore. Um, and I'm probably forgetting someone as well. They, they, had, they brought in Adam Cornell for the last game of the season yeah. as well. Um, and he's uh, he's got an eye for goal as well, especially at this level. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you, Rob, um, you you get the final uh, yeah. left winger there, mate. Well, why don't we put in one of the um, uh, the wingers that we've got that uh, played uh, for a different different club outside the region? Yeah. Why don't we go for Charlie Killy from Brackley Town Saints, left wing, twenty seven games and three goals, and uh, a move to. Wantage Town off the back of it. I think he will be the son of the former manager of Brackley Town, Brackley Gordon, Town yeah. Saints, Gordon. Yeah, um, who who wasn't well, but I I'm loath to I don't know any more than that. Hmm. Well, okay. Well, right-sided midfield then. 
Uh, Ryan, do you want to take your uh, favourite? And um, we'll I go think uh, I'd put the, my top two would be Gio Verona from Bassett, um, and I also think Dan Stoneman from Westfields would be okay. the two that I would put forward the, more than the others. Not to say the others weren't good, um, but those two in particular have been, you know, as I said, Stoneman's stats and, and Gio Verona's consistency. Yeah, you got to put that in there, really. Okay. And uh, should we put, I know you were uh, uh, talking against him a little bit, but just how... No, no, I wasn't talking against him at all. I think yeah. he's a very good player. Um, you heard that. You heard that. Tom Canning hates he scored 13 goals last season so that's still a pretty good return so it's I think more than I did so yeah, into our poll and then if we're going for another uh, player on the right shall I pick one of the ones yes. from the other clubs well we've got um, how about Luke Swan from Ethan Sports then we haven't had him uh, 30 games and 7 goals and like I say I'm pretty sure he plays both sides so uh, we're going to put him in on the right good stuff Okay, uh, well, that's our poll. So the, the polls will be live shortly and you'll be able to vote on them. And next week we'll reveal the results and put two more players into our team of the season. Right. We should probably do a graphic uh, and, for the team of the season, really, with all the with all the players so far on, shouldn't we, at some point? Exactly, yeah. And see if we can, are we going to get a complete 11 from different yeah. clubs. Yeah. <laughs> well... Have we got any more, gents? Anything else we want to discuss before we wrap this up? I think um, uh, all Henrik news out there. Yeah, I think I've had my, <laughs> my weekly rant, so I'm I'm yeah. good. Didn't know I was so ranty. <laughs> so, yeah, you need to get to a game. Have that release. This is true. This is true. Absolutely. Hopefully, but... hopefully the baby will just mellow you out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Babies are very no, known to doing that. No sleep and no rest. Yeah, exactly. You go I, one way or the other. Yeah. Hopefully for you, it mellows you out and you get a bit calmer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, a month off the booze beckons. So, oh, uh, God, yeah. yeah. Um, that's going to send you one way or the other. As, as well. of Tuesday, no more booze. That's why you're making hay while the sun shines. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a Monday night, you know, why not? I mean, exactly. I'd like to point out this fact, uh, that you should really drink responsibly. And <laughs> on a school night. And a, and a work night, you need to be be careful. One, absolutely. Maybe like maybe like Tom. Look at him. Look at that face. <laughs> needs a, absolutely. Like Rob needs a haircut. In in a couple of weeks' time, when when Tom sort of just sat there twitching for the whole exactly, show, yeah. he hasn't had any alcohol. You know, by. He's in charge of the sound issues. So if there's any problems, yeah, yeah this is true. This is true. Yeah. One thing I was just wondering: um, if you could play for a Hellenic League club, which one would you play for? Oh. Oh. I would play for Tuffy Rovers. Yeah, how come? Um, out of our local sides, I think that I would be able to provide more to that team than I think I would for the other team. They, they're, they're lacking a big number nine up top, so get me up there, play the ball long to me, have Warren Man running in and around me. Um, you know, Long Levens would be a nice club to play for, but you know, with, with the youngsters and they move the ball very quickly, no, nah, it's not happening really. Whereas Tuffy Rovers get the set pieces, get the ball wide, get the ball in the box, and then you attack it. Get the first first ten yards done in the head, mate. And then you just <laughs> and celebrations are already planned when the ball gets wide. I, I think I'd go for uh, Windsor so I can play on that pitch. Oh. Like, you know, it's more likely to be uh, uh, good condition and uh, forgiving for a man of advancing years <laughs> as I am. So, you know, uh, some of the other pitches might be a little bit hard work uh, if I'm looking to run around and, uh, you know, I'm not sure about any um, 4G pitches. They might be a bit uh, tough on the joints. So, uh, Windsor, I think for me, like, as more of a matter of self-precaution than anything else. <laughs> See, I, I, was say, I was going to say Windsor myself um, to play at Stag Meadow, to play in a proper non-league ground, but also yeah. just to wear the kit. Because um, yeah. not only not you get to wear the the red and the green one at home, and then you go away, and you'd be in that black, white, and pink number, which I know people probably think is dreadful. I love it. I think it's a, I think it's absolutely terrific. And if I had forty five odd quid spare, I'd buy one. Or if you were a keeper, you'd wear the pink kit. Yeah, yeah. The, the black oh, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Nice. All very nice. So yeah, that was mine. Was more to do with the kit. <laughs> what, what I find the least strange about that whole thing 
is how quickly we all had answers there. Almost as if we were thinking about it already, and we've yeah, we've already thought about. I'll it. see if I can come up with a with a with a weird yeah. question each week. We'll Tom's see. random question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't do that on another podcast. Um, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents, uh, before we go, uh, Ryan, let people know where they can find all your um, output. Yeah, it's on Twitter, at 7sport, um, facebook.com forward slash 7sport. Um, and you can also get us on the email, info at 7sport.co.dk, 7sport.co.dk uh, for a lot of highlights packages that have been uh, uploaded in the last few days of commentaries we've done in the last week or so. So, yeah, delighted with uh, the output we've got going at the moment. Lovely stuff. And Tom, for Football in Berkshire? Uh, head to footballinberkshire.co.uk, www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at FI Berkshire and uh, just type in Football in Berkshire into Facebook and we are there. Um, send us some messages and stuff and go and look at the shiny new website. Exactly, yeah. I was going to say, the website's all plush now, so you've got to go and give us a few uh, clicks. Yes, please do. Please and, uh, do. Let's go look it up. Brilliant. Okay, well, thanks very much, gents. Um, all that's left for us to say is uh, goodbye, good luck, and uh, from me, Rob Davis, goodbye, from Tom Canning, bye, and from Ryan Butler. See you next week. Enjoy your football, and we'll see you next week. The Berkshire Football Stories podcast has got a new sponsor. Exciting, huh? That doesn't mean that we've got new kit, though. The club secretary has made us print it over the top of last season's shirt sponsor. He reckons it'll stretch to at least another year. He mumbled something about those footballs we keep kicking over the fence, not paying for themselves. Our new sponsor? Oh, that would be MRS Digital, an award-winning digital marketing agency offering affordable social media, pay-per-click and search engine optimization to help local businesses thrive since 1999. To find out more, visit mrs.digital and tell them we sent you.